Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 456. All right, stop. I'm your host. Hey, James. Too much. But you come back later on. Go back. Go back to the cupboard. We'll call you when we need you. Federico, it's over to you. Thank you, Mike, for saving me and this podcast from whatever that was. Mm -hmm. This is Connected, episode 456. Today's show is brought to you by Clean My Mac X, Sofa, and Notion. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Viticci, and it's my pleasure to introduce another real co-host to this program, uh, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Federico. How are you? I'm doing fantastic as a, as a, another real co-host yes. of this podcast. And let me introduce the third real co-host of this podcast, Mr. Mike Hurley. The final and only. Mm-hmm. That was weird. I'd say we just move into follow-up. I have some very important Mike AI follow-up. Oh, boy. Okay. So you remember on the last episode, I was talking about the Beat Studio Pro, which was exclusive information provided to this podcast. Yeah. I referenced about there potentially being no transparency mode, but I wasn't sure. The AI got back in touch with me, uh, my, my anonymous informant, to tell me that it will have a transparency mode, not a transparent color option. That was the misunderstanding. So when they said no transparency or, like, or no transparent, what they meant was no see-through Got it. color, which is what we wanted. Ah, okay. But it will have transparency mode. And I have one more piece of information that without... Uh, active noise cancellation the beat studio pro will have 40 hours of battery life wow uh, also what i secretly wished would happen but didn't mention did happen uh federico sent this to me today written up by friend of the show joe Rossignol at mac rumors uh <laughs> apple is planning to release new beat studio pro wireless over-ear headphones on july 19th according to details shared by mike hurley on the apple related podcast connected we did it boys we're all going back around again so a couple of good news here mm-hmm. first i believe this this pretty much says that you are the new mark gorman so yes confirmed. watch out Watch Confirmed. out, Bloomberg. Watch out, Bloomberg. And the second, <laughs> the second piece of Can I just news. say real quick, when we were in San Francisco, we were walking past the building and, uh, on, on by the pier, and it seemed to be the Bloomberg building, which I didn't know they were there. We also had lunch uh, up at a place called Ghiadeli Square, and there was like a pe- bunch of people behind us, and Adina was convinced that she heard them talking about Mark Gurman, so maybe they worked at Bloomberg and they were talking about him. And and, and Adina said, you should go in there. I'd be like, I go in, and the demand, where is Mark Gurman? I require rumors. But no, <laughs> uh, I didn't do that. But I did walk past the Bloomberg office. But yeah, watch out, Mark. Are you as excited that you were on a blog? Because like we could have done that for you. But you didn't, did you? Neither of you. Well, but no. But you didn't the- do it. Did you? Well, also, we, we wouldn't call you Hurley, you know? We would just well, write Well, because you don't Mike. fully respect me. <laughs> That's no, why. because we're friends. We just say Mike. I would just say Mike yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the Hurley second piece said of good... he obtained the details from an anonymous source. Oh, I love it. Who previously shared accurate details about the Beat Studio Bloods Plus. It's true. This is all true. You skipped over a little parenthetical that makes this less impressive about you. It was found via Reddit. Not because Joe listened to the show. Yeah. Yeah, but Joe does listen to the show, so I'm not really sure why that uh, maybe Joe, Maybe Joe's what was behind on the podcast queue. But, but you guys are ignoring another important detail from this story, which is that despite the things we say on this show, we're still an Apple-related podcast. 
So I mean, it's still related, <laughs> we, you know. We got like, that going for us. We've, like, you know, we're still relevant, I suppose. I hope so. Yeah. So now we know we have the ear of the Beats subreddit, which is good for okay. us. Okay. What's next for for this sort of new career of yours as a rumor maker, <laughs> as a leaker? Are you we a already leaker? Know. Stephen, Stephen, I uh, no, I'm not a leaker. <laughs> You're not a leaker because uh, I. I'm not giving the information. This person is a is a leaker, I suppose. You have to shave your eyebrows, I think, next is what happens traditionally. <laughs> oh well, I it took I had to really go through the old Rolodex in my brain yeah. to try and work out what that was Remember about. Remember that? Unfortunate unfortunately we do, yes. <laughs> it took me a minute. Well, I think Stephen's already spilled the beans. Watch out Bloomberg. That's what's next for me. Mm. Watch so, out Bloomberg. Well, you know where to find them in San Francisco, apparently. I do. I'm gonna go I'm gonna next time I'm there, which you know what they get lunch. Gonna so I'm gonna be like, you know. watch out. Yeah, you could leak where they're having lunch. It was at the San Francisco brew pub thing. Huge of true. What it was called. Huge. Yep. Unprecedented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could, you Unprecedented could just show leaks. up, you know, wearing sunglasses and a hat and be like, uh-huh. mm. I have information. I have the information. <laughs> like I could have like a newspaper with eye holes cut in the middle of it. <laughs> You're deep throated, but for Beats headphones. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Currently. Currently. We are halfway through my kickstarter for the 2024 apple history calendar as we record this 624 backers thank you all you're each gonna get something at the end of this and if you want to get something at the end of it you've got two weeks left well if they if you don't if they don't get anything from the end of it they can copy and paste those kickstarter terms into the that's true i mean there is technically make a pledge without a reward let me see how many people have done that let me look real quick uh dashboard two backers have said no reward okay so I've raised $11 that way. So that's nice. I've got to say, nice people, but they're a couple of suckers. Yeah, I mean, five bucks, you could have gotten the digital wallpaper pack. $10, yeah. the wallpaper pack and the calendar. Why would you... So, okay, so on average, these like if you average out that $11, both of those people could have gotten something. Like they really don't want something. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like they are paying you... To please not send them something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> please don't mail me anything. <laughs> please don't. Well, please don't send me anything. Yes, I'm giving you my money, but please stop it. Like, I'll, you please, know. Don't. <laughs> please don't. Please <laughs> <laughs> don't. Hey, whatever floats your boat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thirty-six bucks gets you the wall calendar and the digital goodies, and then the vast majority of people, uh, four hundred and ninety currently out of the six hundred twenty-four. Get it all for $40, a calendar, some stickers, a digital pack of wallpapers, a digital calendar, so you can have all this stuff in your calendar with all your other events. Every year, that's by far the biggest. It's 79% of backers right now, 85% of the money. So uh, go check it out. Just a couple of weeks left, and I got some early versions of the stickers. We're finalizing that, and I'm going to share those and update on the project, uh, hopefully by the end of the week, so keep an eye out for that too. You only get the big money hack it if people uh, give on the top level, mm. right? That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what takes you from just money hack it to big money hack it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And <laughs> that's right. I got to pay for these calendars, you know? I, gotta, I spend a lot of money on postage every year. I've had a, a couple people ask, hey, I want to buy multiple calendars. Uh, go ahead and back with one, and then you will get an email a little bit later in the fall. I use BackerKit to fulfill everything. And you will get an email link and you can add additional items and then pay for those separately. I will say if you use hide my email or like sign in with Apple where it it gives you a wacky Apple iCloud email address, you will not get my emails 
from BackerKit. I don't know why this affected somebody who worked on this feature at Apple and it's still broken. So you hate privacy. You hate privacy. I have your physical address. <laughs> he hates privacy, loves money. That's that's the Stephen Hackett pledge right there. If you do <laughs> if you do use hide my email or sign with Apple or whatever, I will send you an individually crafted direct message via Kickstarter with your backer kit link. It's a Texas Thunder snippet. It's not individually crafted. I don't, be- I don't believe it. That is wild to me, though, that that, does, that still doesn't work I know. properly. It, 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 yeah. I, it, it is wild. It makes me yeah. angry every year. But I don't even understand why it doesn't work. I think because when you do that, you're only supposed to get email to that from the domain that it was set up on. And I am using it technically through a different website. So but I kind of get it. I thought but. the point, part of the point of it was the way that Apple pitched it is then you can see who sold your email. I, I did <laughs> to myself. But yeah, maybe they're also doing something weird. That is very, very yeah. Difficult. So so keep keep that in mind. But I will send you a direct message, or maybe I send you a postcard in the mail and say, "Hey, what do you want?" And you mail it back to me, and then I mail you your calendar. We could do it that way too. Can I get a pledge from you? Like that, it that to people that do that, can you just send them a postcard that just says, "Hey, what do you want?" with no other information. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> That's very threatening. Hey, exactly. Just hey, what do you want? What do you want? No URL, no return address or anything. And that's just that's just their problem. If they should have heard this. It's in those cutout magazine letters, like a ransom note. Ooh, oh, that's yeah. kind of a reverse God. ransom note. A ransom note would be I tell you what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and the old reverse <laughs> ransom. I'll give you anything you want. What do you want it? <laughs> yeah. Send me forty dollars and you get a calendar. Incredible. Other other follow up, we are in the metaverse. Mike, do you want to tell us about this? It's not called that anymore. We are in XR. We're in the visionverse. The visionverse. Yeah. So Jan Blumberg, this is a, a, a what we call in the business a GitHub repo, uh, which is... <laughs> well, it's sh- what it's called. It's not <laughs> it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If business. you're in the business like me, <laughs> I, in the business like me, which I am in, are you in we the call this a GitHub repo. Are you in the business of GitHub repos? Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You what should see me, man. I'm merging, that? I'm pulling, I'm forking, and I'm raising those issues. No, y- oh you, you don't have access to any of that in our shared repos you don't know yeah i do know i've i've already merged and <laughs> i've already that, i've already fought not, the, the the cms you're just, you're just using words you don't understand you just, just i know repeating. what they mean if, okay if you fork a project you're making a copy of it on your own mm-hmm. if you are merging then you are integrating some like code that's been written some like the into the main project what's a what's a pull request a pull request is when hold on i think i do know this a pull request, is that make when you make a suggestion of code to be implemented? Yeah, geez. You're, you actually do know a lot about GitHub. You are, you are in the business. Because uh, I'm in the business. You didn't trust me. I wasn't lying. I'm in the business. Uh, but in this business today of Jan Blomberg, they have taken the Ricky's API, which award-winning shortcutter Jason wrote, who does Wikipedia, they made an API of the information that they use to build their wiki-based uh, tracker of the Rickies. And uh, Jan Blumberg has created a beta Vision OS application to show uh, Ricky's info. And you can, uh, I guess you can fork and merge and pull uh, with this <laughs> if you want. Yeah, I'm into that. I have a question for you about the metaverse. Okay. 
So now we're in the metaverse. Which one of us is going to fight Zuck? This was so I have, this was a joke that I was going to make, like, whatever. But there's a piece of information that I don't understand. So I wrote in our document which one of us will fight Zuck. There is a bullet point underneath that says, no one if Elon's mom steps in again. And I have no idea what that means. What does Do that mean? Do you know mean? why the fight was canceled? The fight was canceled? No. It was yes. canceled? Oh. The no. fight was canceled supposedly... Because Elon's mom, May Musk, told him not to do it. Why does Elon have his mom? I mean, I already have the answer. Um, of course, Elon has his. You don't get advice from your mom? Uh, yeah, but like if I get into an argument with somebody, I don't call my mom. Mm. I'm not 12, you know? Mom, Zuckerberg's <laughs> picking on me. May Musk is like Moms. was a was like a in fashion right model. There we go, a model. I don't know. I don't know anything about May Musk other than because those absolutely cringeworthy, ridiculous photos of him at the Met Gala. Is, he's with his mum, like from a couple of years ago. Let's see. Okay, here we go. May Musk, born April nineteenth, nineteen forty eight, is a model and dietitian. She's been a model for fifty years appearing on the covers of magazines, including Time, Women's Day, Vogue, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. She holds Canadian, South African, and American citizenship. She's a registered dietitian. There you go. Uh, So May stepped in and said no? That's what it seems like. Okay. We have a link to SB Nation in the uh, show notes. I just, we didn't get to state our, record, our like personal feelings on this. Because uh, it's dumb. Because it's so dumb. I wanted Zuck to kick his ass. That's what I wanted yeah, to happen. Same. And that's same. what was going to happen. And I wanted it to happen. Yeah. Because he needs to have some kind of ramification for his actions. But, you know, it didn't. Pour happen. sweet baby race on him at the end. That would have been sweet. That is going on the ribs. Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays is very good. Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. We have just applied the sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. Maybe throw some sweet baby rays on the ribs and take it from there. <laughs> he would. He would have smoked him. That's what would have happened. I was gonna say for a while Zuckerberg only ate meat that he killed. So. Oh my god! I forgot. Having Elon tonight, boys. Oh my. He was going to hunt him. Smoking meat. He's going to hunt him down. Sweet baby race. I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's actually some exciting Apple Arcade news going on. This is incredible. Apple Arcade's July lineup is out of this world. Like, yeah, there I'm, are a lot I'm of games. I'm very excited about, about one of these. But there are three games specifically that are worth mentioning. One is Slay the Spire. It's going to be Slay the Spire Plus. So it's one of those like, hey, we're just going to put the whole game in here for free. And you could use everything. Slate Aspire is a combat card game, uh, which has been very critically well received. It's a game that I've been meaning to play for a long time. I will now play it because of this. Stardew Valley is coming to Apple Arcade, which is a huge get. Like that is for anybody who has not played Stardew Valley before. I really recommend the the iPad version of this game is fantastic, and it's because Stardew Valley ultimately is like. You know, it is a farming simulator, but it was built for the PC, so it's very click focused. You know, you just like click where you want, and so the Apple Pencil and Stardew Valley is a match made in heaven. And the big news is Ridiculous Fishing. I yes. think it's called Ridiculous Fishing EX. It is a fully remastered version of the game. Um, this was interesting to, in the gaming circles because Vlambeer, the company yeah. who made Ridiculous Fishing, they shut down in 2020, but they uh 
they hired um, to uh, a studio called Co-op to do this remaster for them uh, and to put it out. So this Ridiculous Fishing is one of the best iOS games ever made. Yep. But obviously, you know, is is I don't even know if it would work on a modern device. Um, but this is going to be fantastic to have uh, back. And I'm so excited about it. It comes out that these these games are coming out all through July. If you go to Apple Arcade, you can like press the get button to like pre-order them. Uh, but Ridiculous Fishing EX is coming on July 14th. I was I was very excited to see Ridiculous Fishing. It, it, it gave gave me feelings like when Tiny Wings came back. You know, yes. like they they are of the same age and genre, and I'm very excited about it. Is an absolute classic, and I, I, I am so, I'm so excited for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to just give a quick shout out today to Broadcasts, the app by Steve Trout Smith. Uh, Steve makes this app. It was, I believe, ostensibly created to listen to free radio broadcasts on an iOS app, but it's also like this one. Well, but th- <laughs> it was like more traditional radio. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But it also supports web live streams like ours so if you listen live broadcasts to our shows which you can there's we have a calendar on, on radio.fm slash live which tells you when the episodes are going to uh, stream live uh broadcast is the best way to do that but steve just integrated share play into the app which yeah. is a really smart addition uh, so you could listen to Relay FM live shows with your friends. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, you don't need to uh, have a FaceTime call going anymore. Um, you can have it just started up via uh, iMessage as well. This is something added in iOS mm-hmm. 16. He had a post on Macedon showing um, in one window the live page on Relay FM. And then the second window broadcast playing. I think it was Upgrade the other day. Because mm-hmm. I worked with him, and there's a link on the Relay Live page. Like, if you open that link, it adds our live stream into the app, which is really cool. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm super pleased he's added SharePlay. Uh, and I kind of had this thing. I, I don't I don't remember if we talked about it or not. So if if we did, just tell me to stop. But SharePlay is one of those things that when it was announced, we talked about it. It's like, oh, like you know, maybe that sort of out of COVID, like, yeah, I want to watch Ted Lasso with my, you know, my sibling or, you know, family member or friend, and I can't see them because of the pandemic. And I think that's true. I think Apple, at least partially, it was built in response of that, but clearly also built in mind uh, with, with Vision OS in mind. So you could be, you know, miles and miles away from somebody and watch like a big screen movie inside of the Vision Pro together. And I think, uh, I think that's cool. And I'm glad that he's, he's added it ahead of that. Yeah, it's, it seems like SharePlay is integrated into a lot of things on the Vision, Vision OS. I think. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I you know I remember you know, we long time listeners remember we had like a two episode arc of like things that people were doing with SharePlay because I feel like no one was using it, uh, but connected listeners wrote in to tell us how they used it, which was very helpful. Um, but I feel like maybe I would be more likely to use some of these features now. It seems like it's becoming better and better, and I. Like SharePlay is, you know, you'll be able to start with AirDrop in iOS 17, and and I believe Federico, do you do you remember what other things are coming for SharePlay? I feel like it, it was featured quite a lot in in the presentation. Yeah, I think the the best um, thing that's coming to SharePlay this year is uh, letting other people in the car with you uh, contribute to your music yes. playback queue mm-hmm. using like mm-hmm. local SharePlay, 
which I think is a feature that makes a lot of sense. And the setup is pretty sweet in that, like, you generate this QR code that you can just uh, show to other folks uh, and they will be able to make, like, a, like, like a shared queue as you're driving. And I think, you know, and I kind of want to try this the next time I'm driving, like, to a turbo or something. I kind of want to paste that QR code on Mastodon and have people build a, a music <laughs> queue for me as I'm driving. I want to see if that works over the internet. Probably a terrible idea, but we'll see. And uh, I believe uh, SharePlay, and I haven't really looked into this uh, yet because I started watching different sessions this year, um, but I think you will be able to start SharePlay by tapping two phones together as well. I think yeah, it's also part of that like uh, set of features based on NFC. Yeah, that's that's the all of the airdrop improvements, right? Like they, they it all goes together. Yeah, this episode of Connected is made possible by Clean My Mac X. A bunch of us are already running, or at least thinking about running, the Mac OS beta. Well, junk files, processes that get stuck, and malicious apps can slow down our Macs, even before we're on the beta train. Maintaining your Mac, whether old or new, is essential for it to run smoothly. Clean My Mac X is an all-in-one Mac maintenance tool that takes care of junk, faulty apps, and malware in an efficient, aesthetically pleasing, and hassle-free way. It has this really cool menu bar app that you can use to monitor your Mac's health, CPU load, and more. With nearly 30 million downloads and 15 years of expertise, this app is a must-try for any macOS user. Apple continues to pack Macs with more innovative features, and Clean My Mac X ensures that your hardware remains healthy and running at peak performance. My favorite thing about Clean My Mac X is they package all these tools together in really what is a beautiful Mac app. So you're not running around running a bunch of different utilities that all look kind of bad. Clean Mac X is beautiful and easy to use. It'll even remind you when it's time to run some maintenance. All connected listeners get 5% off. Check out the link in the show notes or go to macpaw.app slash connected. That's macpaw.app slash connected or click the link in the show notes for 5% off your copy of Clean My Mac X. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of the show and Relay FM. Federico, you had a really interesting post on Mastodon about those little laundry yes. tags that we all have on our shirts and our shorts and our pants, and they all have little symbols and no one really knows what they mean. Apparently iOS 17 knows what they mean. Can you explain this? So there's two different categories of symbols that uh, Visual Lookup can recognize in iOS 17. The first one is the laundry tags that I posted today on Mastodon. And the second one is the car dashboard symbols. Um, you know, the little like icons that light up if you have a car mm -hmm. and it's like you know check the brakes or you gotta change the oil or the temperature is too high like all that sort of stuff um this is all built into the photos app so when you have so i'm gonna try and explain what it looks like if you have a photo that contains the kind of content that visual lookup recognizes uh you in ios 17 you um so you will find sparkles around the uh, info icon when you're viewing an image. So you know the 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 button with the lowercase mm -hmm. i. Mm -hmm. If it if it has like useful information, it gets little sparkles around it. So either you tap that info button or you swipe up on a photo, um, you will get above the metadata like. 
uh, as the very first entry in that lower half of the page, you will get the visual lookup category. So if it's a dog, for example, you will get you you it will say dog with a little like paw symbol, and you can tap on dog. it. Dog, dog. <laughs> you can tap on dog. it. Dog, and and it tells you which kind of which breed of dog it thinks it's in the photo. Uh, in uh, also like recipes, uh, like pictures of meals and food should be recognized in iOS 17. And in the case of laundry symbols, it'll say laundry care. And so you tap on it and you get a list of recognized symbols from the image. And based on the picture that I tested uh, with today, it got like, uh, I would say like five or six out of nine or something. So it wasn't all of them, hmm. but also it was pretty good. And he told me, for example, that I didn't have to tumble dry that shirt which unfortunately I had already tumble tried many times before. So this shirt is ruined. We've all been there, buddy. Well, I mean, it just proves that that label is a lie because you've done it. So nothing happened. Yeah. Well, or maybe I always, you know, did this wrong and this shirt is forever damaged. Who knows? But yeah, it works pretty, pretty nicely, I think. And it's just one of the, this, I guess this expansion of visual lookup continues year after year. But the thing I, I believe should happen at some point, and I think it will happen at some point, especially because of the Vision Pro and Vision OS. This information should really be presented in real time as you're using the camera. Yes. And I understand why it's not right now, because the processing power to do this in, to do this in real time, maybe it's just not there. But I would expect that with the iPhone 15 Pro or 16 Pro, like at some point, we will get something called like live lookup. And as you're pointing, pointing your camera to things in real time, the camera will probably give you a little indicator that says, hey, this is a laundry tag or this symbol means that you got to change the oil in your car. And so yeah, forth. or uh, the plant lookup, which has been there for a, a little while now, people are using third party apps for that because they don't know that it's in photos. If it was just in the camera app, I think it would be much more discoverable. Uh, right now you can try it and it's in photos, but you got to swipe up to uh, check it out at the top of the metadata for the selected image. I want to check in with betas. Let's start with you, Mike. Are you running anything? No, uh, but I... Cool. <laughs> Next? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, I feel like I've, I feel pretty confident that as, as soon as beta 3 drops, I'm going to put it on my iPhone. There are, there are apps and things that I know are not going to work well anymore, and, and I want to limit the amount of time that I have to deal with that. But I am very keen uh, to to try it on my iPhone, uh, especially. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to do what you do and, and wait for Beta 3. We're a week out from Beta 2, but next week is a holiday here in the U.S., so maybe we'll get it a few days later than normal. Maybe they'll wait until the, the week after. Is it every week or every two weeks? Yeah, it's every two weeks, at least okay. At least in the early part of the summer. Right, right. But uh, I've got it running on my iPad mini and on a MacBook Air. And the iPad in particular, things are fine. Like sometimes you get weird issues, like the keyboard doesn't show up when it's supposed to. But honestly, like iPadOS just does that <laughs> sometimes anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, but I haven't come across any apps that don't work. Now, I don't have any banking apps, which are, I know you're usually problematic for a lot of people in the beta time. Mm -hmm. Don't have any of those on there, but like video streaming apps all work, you know, 
email and ivory and all those things discord and slack all seem fine battery life's pretty bad but that's not unexpected at this point you know we're still pretty early on there is a funny thing and i need to, to create a feedback about it i haven't yet but the ipad mini has touch id and if you have the ipad in the orientation where the USB-C port is on the right side and the buttons are on the left side the little UI for it says rest to open that kind of tells you where the touch ID button is. That just shows up on top of any widgets that are in the left-hand side. <laughs> There's no blurring or like it doesn't show up in like a little bubble. It's just like, it's like my calendar, you know, it's like edit connected and the round top of it rest to open. So like it's some little visual things to take care of. I, I, I do have to say like, I, I like having the widgets on the lock screen. I don't think it's as useful as it is on the phone because my iPad is in a case most of the time. I think a lot of people have the cover of their iPad, you know, all closed up. You can't, you don't see them, but it is cool that they're there. I like it being down the left-hand side. It does make me wish for more spots on the iPhone because we're limited to just the four, but all in all, iPad OS beta feels pretty good. And on the Mac side of things, it's a very similar story. I haven't really run into any compatibility issues with any apps. I don't have my full setup replicated over there because I know the audio stuff won't work. But, you know, Todoist and Mail and Safari and Chrome and, you know, uh, kind of the regular apps that I'm using day to day all seem fine. The performance is fine. The battery life is fine. It's uh, Sonoma feels pretty, pretty solid at this point. Are you really using Todoist? I'm going to give reminders another shot, but I'm going to wait a little bit further down the road. No. Really? Why not? Yeah, do it. Uh, I do it every I know, summer. I know you are. I know you are. I know you're gonna give it another shot. Of course you are. Someone, uh, it was for it was for Mac Power users. Someone sent us some feedback via the website, uh, wanting to know if we could talk about Tick Tick at some point. Tick Tick. I was like, you know, get behind me, Satan. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need another one. Tick Tick. But uh, Tick Tick's great. It's just uh, to do us is always what I, what I go back to. But all in all, for beta two. I don't think there's anything super unexpected in terms of performance or battery life. And things feel pretty good. Like the new features that are there all work and I like where things are. So my phone will probably make the jump in the, the next round like yours, Mike. So I have the betas on my phone, iPad Pro, iPad mini and watch. And I'm just having the best time. <laughs> I think honestly, and I've been doing this for, for quite some time at this point. I do think it's the most fun beta season I've had in many, many years. See, now you're going to make me want to install it now. Because, because, like, with Stage Manager on the iPad, I just feel so satisfied that I was right about a bunch of things and that Apple actually listened. And it's such a pleasure to use now. With the watch, uh, the watch app design, like the new watch app design, has really grown on me over the past couple of weeks and the widgets are growing on me on the like on the watch face it takes a while to adjust like become a habit to swipe up or use the digital crown but they're growing on me and with the iPhone I'm just having the best time with interactive widgets third party developers already have some betas out i remember when it used to be that you had to that you had to wait until some point in august for developers to be able to release test flight betas for a new version of iOS. Now they can just do it even after beta one, it's wild. And I already have a bunch of interactive widgets uh, on the home screen. And there's standby, um, oh, I should also say, I put the beta firmware on my AirPods Pro. 
Like, I'm just having so much fun this year. And my general takeaway, which is like a theme that I will uh, write about when I do my uh, first impressions for the public beta, I think they're not like iOS and iPadOS, they're not huge releases this year, right? Like, they have a lot of smaller things that in aggregate make it a lot of make it a lot of fun and it especially iOS is making me feel that kind of sense of of fun and exploration of apps that i felt with iOS 14 3 years ago when widgets first came to the home screen like i'm i'm feeling that again like oh there's mm. all these widgets that i want to try all these things that i want to experiment with there's more widgets than i have space for on my home screen and then there's the lock screen and then there's standby like it's a very good feeling that i have so far and sure the battery life kind of sucks at the moment yes i agree with that um but it's just fun like it wasn't i mean you guys remember last year for me, wasn't fun. That was no good. Um, yeah, iOS yeah. 15 was all right, uh, but yeah, it's making me feel those iOS 14 feelings again, and uh, I kind of love it. Oh, and the Have stickers! You... I should mention the stickers. Oh, uh, I'm stickers. making all kinds of stickers, like stickers See, of I, my dogs in ridiculous poses. I feel like poses. me and Stephen yeah. are holding back the group thread. You know, you are like you really our group could be popping off right now, but we're yeah. just like. We're holding it back. You have you have like years worth of old pictures that could be transformed into stickers, and you're not doing it. So kind of shame like, on you. Like a, you know, like a fool. I'm yeah. also like really, really excited to try out the keyboard. Oh yes, it's it's especially. I mean, uh, the new transformer model. Is, I believe it is on the English, French, and Spanish keyboards. Okay. Um, so the three of us, we all use the English keyboard. It's so good. Like, I'm not kidding that autocorrect, and I will try to make this point in my review later this year. It's not a flashy new feature, but when you try it, just to tell people, upgrade because you're going to make fewer typos on your phone, and it's so much better when you type. It's really really well done and i said this like a couple of days after i put beta one on my phone while i was in in cupertino i can confirm it now it's been uh what three weeks mm -hmm. it, it makes such a huge difference to the point where like i uh, over the past couple of weeks i have done a couple of blog posts for mac stories from my phone which i hadn't done in years just because the autocorrect was so bad and now I can just feel like, you know, if I have a short post, like a short link that I want to do, I can just do it from my phone. And I don't hate doing it anymore. Yeah, it, it's good on the iPad, too. It's fast and it seems like it knows what I want most of the time. Definitely more often than than not. But I think I think we will all feel it the most on the iPhone. Yeah. So the general takeaway, I guess, is that iOS 17 doesn't look like it. it doesn't look like it's got. Like, it doesn't look any different, right? Because even widgets, they have the same design language as before. They look the same on the lock screen. And sure, there's standby. But, like, it may not look different, but it's got all these little things that, taken together, it makes it so much better than 16 in, like, tangible ways. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you want to start music from your home screen? You can do it. it. It doesn't look like it, but it makes the phone more useful, is how I would describe it. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Sofa. 
When a friend recommends a great new TV show or a book or a podcast, what do you do? Scribble it down on a sticky note? Maybe you're like me, and, or at least the way I used to be before Sofa, and put it in my task manager? No, no, no. You're going to forget about it, and you're going to feel stuck not knowing what to watch or listen or play next. So this is where Sofa comes in. With the Sofa app, you can create lists of almost anything. Podcasts, apps, books, board games, movies, TV shows, music albums, and even video games. Then you can use these lists to decide your next book to read, movie to watch, or video game to play. Sofa's design is awesome. It's inspired by some of the best productivity apps out there, but it's focused on helping you be more intentional with your downtime. You really don't want to keep track of the stuff in your regular to-do manager because this is your downtime. You don't want reminders of work tasks when you're trying to unwind on a nice quiet evening. So use Sofa to get a dedicated place for organizing your downtime. With Sofa, you can create unlimited lists, sync your data with iCloud, track your activity, and more completely free. And if you're looking for even more power, upgrade to Super Sofa, which is a fantastic name, by the way, to customize lists with the cover images and descriptions of your choosing, add sticky notes to items, personalize the look and feel with over 100 different themes in the app, and a whole lot more. Sofa is beautiful, it's fun, and when I've got downtime, I know exactly where to look, something I can uh, check out. Sofa is available for the iPhone, iPad, and Apple Silicon Macs. Connected listeners get a special 45% off their annual subscription to Super Sofa for the first year by heading over to sofahq.com/connected. The link is in the show notes, but once again, it's sofahq.com/connected to get 45% off an annual subscription to Super Sofa. Our thanks to Sofa for their support of the show. All right, so we will now actually welcome James Thompson to the program. Hello, James. Hello. It is a pleasure. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Anytime. Uh, so other than being a podcast host that people hear from time to time in place to place, James Thompson, I will say, is most known for his work on Peacock and more recently Dice by Peacock. And I would also say as being a lightning rod in the developer community for situations that can occur either fun or dramatic i I think that's a very nice way of putting it (laughs) and so we thought at this inflection point in apple's developer history and platforms uh that we would bring you on to get some thoughts about the vision pro sdk which became available towards the end of last week so i guess before we dive into the SDK itself and what developers have access to and what they don't, as a developer, what is your Vision Pro kind of vibe check? I, 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 we, you can throw in what you think of it yourself, but I am, I think, more. I would love to know as a person who makes apps, how are you feeling about the Vision developers, Pro? Developers, 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 developers. Indeed. It's one of those. I mean, I would say the the vibes are. You know, all good on a technological level. You know, the the hardware. I mean, I unlike some people here, I've not tried it, but the hardware seems pretty state of the art. Uh, Apple have done a lot of work to make it easier to build a 3D app, even if you don't actually have a lot of 3D experience. Um, like they've done a lot of integration between SwiftUI and Reality Kit for sticking 3D content in your interface. Um, so, like everything about that absolutely great. I'm still not 100% convinced yet that this is the future, or perhaps more accurately, a future that I personally will be able to use given the state of my eyes. I want to start with with some of the basics of 
Vision OS. And I think kind of the building blocks for these apps are what Apple call Windows, Volumes, and Spaces. Could you talk a little bit about what those are and the differences between them? Yeah, so like Windows are pretty much the existing 2D windows that you know and love, but they can also have some 3D content sitting in them. You know, it's basically it's a sheet of frosted glass, little grab bar off the bottom of the window, so you can drag the windows around and put them wherever you want in your apartment, apparently. Um, There's a little close button to the left of that, and you can resize them. And there's a control on the corner that's kind of very similar to the stage manager one. Uh, Volumes, on the other hand, are kind of like 3D windows. They've got a width and a height, but they've also got a depth. Um, They can't be resized by the user. And they don't have the glass background. They're more like a sort of box that you can put lots of 3D stuff in. And the user can move them around like a window and put them where they want them. Uh, And this is probably what something like Dice by Peacock would be. You know, if you imagine like a little dice tray with dice piled up in it or bananas or, you know, a chessboard, something like that. That's what uh, a volume is. In theory, could you... I mean, I actually didn't know they couldn't be resized. That is... Intriguing. So, do you, do you set a size like a? Yes, you set a size in meters. I think for for this thing. So, so it's, like, it's a physical. Even though you can't resize, it's somewhat similar to how you would start something with um, AR Kit, right? Because, like, uh, I assume you define size for an AR Kit object, even though it can be changed. Yeah, um, I mean the AR Kit stuff. I mean, we'll come to that in the in the spaces stuff in a sec. But it, it's this is more like you are creating this thing and the user has more control over it. Like the user can pick it up and they can put it somewhere. Um, And as a developer, you don't really need to do any of the AR stuff in terms of like binding it to a specific space, like sitting on the table or something like that. So the system is handling all that. And so with Dice, you would effectively create the, the volume would be the Dice tray and could you have it that like you could have dice tracked with someone's hand i uh, i mean like i th- so the hand tracking stuff i am not 100 percent. you can do in this mode um i mean you can do things like you can touch an object and you can interact with it but i don't know if it will do the full kind of like you could literally pick it up but i could press a button and a dice would bounce around inside of the tray or whatever yeah oh yeah yeah man, that'd be great. And, and like you would have like a certain like if the dice tray was at the bottom you would have a certain amount of height to the, your volume that would be like where the dice could be but you can't they can't escape that little sort of force field those Ricky's coin flips are going to get real dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me, boys. Just going to put on the old Vision Pro. <laughs> um, but full spaces are the sort of the big boys. Uh, you just see your own content, so no other apps. Um, you can do full AR, so you see the real world. And, you know, and you have fish swimming around your head or whatever it is. Um, you can do a full VR so you don't see any of the real world. And you can see pretty much anywhere in between with the turning of the, the, the digital crown. Uh, but you can specify if you only want one or the other and you don't want the user to choose. And in the fully immersive spaces, you're actually, you're, it seems like you're limited to like a 1.5 meter by 1.5 meter uh, uh, square around you. So it doesn't really have the control over something like a Quest or a PSVR 2 where you can, you know, you define the play area and say this area is safe for me to be in. So it it it's, seems to be more kind of less geared towards you sort of walking around 
a, a space. But spaces are also where you can do stuff with custom hand tracking, full control over pretty much everything the user sees. You can put 3D content anywhere in it. It's not just like in these windows and volumes. And you get more information about the user's environment. So for doing things like the hand tracking or seeing where the walls and the surfaces are in the room. So if I was doing dice as a fully immersive thing, this is where I would pull in, you know, like I could see that my desk and if I rolled a dice, it could fall off the desk and onto the floor. And that's something you can do at the moment in um, like iOS, iPadOS, uh, AR kit stuff. I have a, this might sound like a strange question, but there is a reason to it. For as much as you know, is it one point? Is it a one point five meter square around you, or is it a one point five meter square from a specific point? I think it's like you are in the center of a square, which is one point five meters by one point five meters. And does this only count when you're in the like VR mode, or do you have this when you're doing something immersive in AR? So I believe that this is just the the documentation suggests it's just when you're in the fully immersive mode, hmm. but. Uh, I don't think this stuff is working entirely in the simulator yet, so there's some open questions. Probably pretty hard to simulate. Yes. <laughs> the reason I ask this is the the dinosaur experience thing. That was quite clearly an immersive mm-hmm. view, but it was definitely occupying a larger than 1.5 meter yeah. square. Yeah, it was bigger than that. Yeah, sure. it was the whole room. Uh, you know, it was projected on the wall opposite where we were sitting, which was much further than 1.5 meters away. So there was a volume then, I guess. No, no, that that wouldn't be a volume. It would be, uh, it, I, I presume that was in AR mode, like you could see the room. That's what. That, that's why I asked, because like it, you could see the room. So it sounds like it was a full like space, an AR space. But maybe the AR spaces are not restricted in size. I think it's when you're in the 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 fully immersive, like you can't see the world at all stuff. If you try and go out of that uh, initial uh, area, it'll just drop it down so you can see the outside. I expect that this is Apple's way of trying to get around having to draw boundaries. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really like the way that the Quest and the PSVR two does that. But it's not elegant, though, is it? Yeah. Like, and it really isn't. Like, you know, my my hope is that, you know, as time goes goes on, like, we don't have to do that at all with these things. That just, like, the technology in these headsets are smart enough to intuit what I can and can't walk into, right? Like, I feel like they should be able to realize, like, this is a table. Like, I can't walk into the table. Yeah, I, I don't get the impression that there's a, this is geared at the moment for sort of walking around. The, no. when, you, when you're in one of these things. You're sitting on your couch while your family despairs beside you. Yeah, yeah I can walk around one and a half meters at a time. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a very short walk. Wow. <laughs> Long thighs, big big steps. <laughs> Just ru- running place, you know, that's that's what it is. Um, so, so, so help me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, James. Um, so setting aside PCalc for Mac, you were day one on the App Store for the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple Watch, the Apple TV, the Apple TV. <laughs> yes. I think that's all of them. With game controller support, never forget. With game controller support, yes. So you 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 have quite some experience in terms of dealing with a brand new SDK, right? Sort of taking your existing commercial product and making it work for a new Apple platform. 
And right now, like I remember, for example, the days of like the original iPad when developers would cut out like a piece of cardboard and make it look like a tablet <laughs> because yep. the iPad was announced in January, but it wouldn't ship until April. So some folks did that. Um, how are you finding, like what are your early impressions from like right now, a technical perspective, like using a simulator instead of the real hardware? And if you allow me an immediate follow-up question, do you have any interest? <laughs> See, I'm trying to be efficient. So that's, that's good. <laughs> first that's question good. is, what are your early impressions? And follow-up, are you considering any of the in-person labs this summer? So the designing an app for a device that you haven't used is always a challenge. And honestly, this is the biggest one yet. So, you know, the the difference between using a phone app in the simulator where you're clicking on buttons or actually holding a phone in your own hand is totally different. And, you you know, you get a sense of what button sizes work, where, how much your hand can move and things like that. So that was difficult enough. But this, you know, I've got no idea what feels right in a three-dimensional space for the user interface. Um, and you can do a lot in the simulator if you're building a traditional app with some, let's say, light 3D elements, I think it's going to be way harder if you're trying to build a 3D-first app, like particularly something like a game. You know, they've extended SwiftUI out and stuff, and, they, you know, you can make 3D apps in theory in the simulator as easy. You can make 2D ones. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky uh, problem to solve, and I think... I think the first like apps that we're going to get for this thing might not be much more than like your iPad, iPhone apps with some, you know, bells and whistles. Uh, I, as for the labs, I mean, they're going to be, you, we're going to be able to apply for them. Same for the, for the uh, yeah. SDK and well, the, sorry, the, the developer kit. Uh, and, you know, I will put my name down and somebody will see my name and will either go, that guy. Yeah. And you, maybe. Or, I mean, that's what, or that guy. That guy. You know? That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. You know. <laughs> there, there could be uh, two different. I mean, I think it's going to be like extremely oversubscribed, particularly in getting hardware. Mm -hmm. So I can hope that people know who I am, but then maybe that's a downside. Who knows? So you're saying you got to roll the dice we can come back to the dice puns later <laughs> i mean i would expect so you know what you're saying about the types of apps there will obviously be a lot of apps that are more traditional in ui i i would expect we would see quite a few of the um volume type apps as well like even if you can't test them fully, like I can imagine people would do their best at the simulator and give it a go. I'm yeah. sure that the, the spaces will be less so. However, I would also expect that Apple will prioritize developer kits to developers who are making full space environments because well i mean of course i'll be making a full space environment for dice you um, like dice from all, all angles <laughs> you, you are in the tray and the dice are coming at you uh but like because that but that makes sense though right like it's the hardest thing as you said it is the hardest thing to test without some hardware you know, like without the ability to plug in, say, a HTC Vive into your Mac and do it, right? Which is something we were wondering about. But it seems like the hardware developer kits will be coming so much sooner than people expected. 
um, that maybe even, you know, they'll prioritize the spaces at first, but, you know, in a few months' time, maybe they'll start giving out to developers who are looking to make different types of apps as well because we're so far away from the device actually shipping. I mean, I think, like, you know, people like Microsoft clearly got uh, access to at least the developer kit, if not hardware mm-hmm. already. And yeah, I mean, that, like the Microsoft Office that they showed up, you could have totally done that just in the simulator. I am curious whether it's going to be like a one and done with the the developer kits that they just say, right, the first thousand people who have a reasonable idea, you will get one for six months and then you give it back. I don't know. I, I see why you said the only reason that I would have paused on that is just because of how early they've opened it up. Like they've got to be realistic. Like people won't have had, may not have had their idea until September. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I think the reason that they're going so early is because this is such a different thing. I mean, it, it's, it, it's much more than like, uh, the, the watch or the, or the TV even it, it's, it's completely different way of thinking. So yeah, that's that's why I think we're getting the the such a, a a long lead time. And if if there's companies like, you know, if there's like game developers or whatever who are trying to bring stuff across, they're going to need a really good run up to do this too. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Notion. Project management tools are supposed to help you move faster and stay organized. But if you're still jumping between like fifty browser tabs just to do your job, then you probably haven't found the right tool yet. And nothing will slow you down like using the wrong tools to get work done. That's where Notion comes in. Notion has just launched Notion Projects. This is super exciting because it includes new, powerful ways to manage your projects. And you can leverage the power of their built-in AI features. Notion Projects combine project management with your docs, your knowledge base, and AI. So you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them. In just one workspace, you can do everything you need to get your projects over the finish line, from brainstorming to drafting launch plans to organizing sprints and keeping everyone on deadline. And Notion is super customizable. Everyone has preferences for how they like to view projects, so you can view everything whatever way works for you. Maybe that's a timeline or a table or a Kanban view. There's also powerful filtering and automation features, so you can work exactly the way that you want. On top of that, Notion AI helps you automate all that tedious overhead, like summarizing meeting notes, finding next steps, and that frees you up to do the deep work. If you're one of those people where you have your work scattered to the wind across a bunch of different platforms, check out Notion. The AI stuff really is powerful, really speeding up a lot of tedious work. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at Notion, N-O-T-I-O-N notion.com slash connected and use our link you're supporting our show so go now notion.com slash connected our thanks to notion for their support of the show we've had you on because we've been seeing your images of the simulator and we've been seeing so many other developers share their images of the simulator and their apps running but this simulator looks very different (laughs) to other apple simulators they've released in the past which tend to just be like windows that look like the device you know because it's easy to just draw a square and and that's where the screen sits within but apple have built a 3d environment to test your apps in with different rooms 
insight, which is also very fun to me. I don't really know why they made different rooms, but I kind of love that they did. What is it like to actually use this simulator? Like, how do you control it and maneuver within it and stuff like that? So um, it's a bit like playing the world's worst FPS game. So you're, you're moving around like these little preset environments that you you said, you know, there's a small apartment, there's a museum, and there's different lighting conditions you can pick. Uh, and default is if you click on something, it's like you were looking at it and you've, you've uh, moved your fingers together to do the little gesture. Um, and there's controls along the bottom of the simulator which change things so that if you change it you can click it you click and drag and instead of uh the clicks going to the app it will actually just pan your view around and there's some way you can move move up and left and right and stuff within the space but it's kind of feel like i haven't actually tried this i should connect a game controller up to it and see if you can actually move around it slightly easier you can yeah yeah you can you can connect to play shows you can control it and move around a bit I'm doing this because our friend of the show, underscore David Smith, he texted me and said, which game controller shall I buy so I can use the simulator? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting that, yes, you can, or maybe he was just wondering for, for control, but I believe you can move around the simulator with a with a game controller. The, the thing is, it doesn't actually get you much because with the stuff that you're doing, particularly if you're doing the... Um, the windows of the volume stuff, it's right in front of you. And, you know, you're seeing a 2D representation of it, but it's kind of filling most of that screen. Yes, you can, like, leave it in the kitchen and go for a wander around the apartment, but that's not really helpful when you're trying to develop an app. Mm. I, I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite simulator room? <laughs> or, or let me rephrase it. If Tim Cook asked you to, like, hey, you got to wait for me here for 30 minutes in one of these rooms which one would you wait for tim cook for 30 minutes alone in which room i mean i think i think it's got to be the museum because i would feel quite cultured and i could look at the art on the walls and okay you know i i i would feel calm i think as i met tim okay. but if in some if i'm in some random apartment and i don't know whose it is i'm just gonna be stressed <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> i can't remember who it was now was it simon stovering filed a radar because he found a wrinkle in a car in the rug <laughs> did you see this i didn't see that oh i'll try and find this he, he he put it on if it was simon he put it on mastodon uh i'll i'll find it and, and, if only mastodon search was search yeah i'm literally know? just gonna have to go through all of <laughs> his posts and really hope that it was him because <laughs> otherwise yeah i found it i found it and he filed a feedback like <laughs> it's very funny That's i'm just amazing. gonna read it so please straighten the wrinkle in the carpet in the living room scene in the vision pro simulator description please describe the issue there's a wrinkle in the carpet in the living room scene in the vision pro simulator this is a slight annoyance to look at but will become a real problem once my robot vacuum cleaner starts and gets stuck and i don't have my living room scene cleaned or even worse someone trips over the wrinkle and breaks a leg very funny. Uh, the other one I saw was uh, Ben McCarthy, and they had uh, posted some pictures uh, of Obscura 
running in the simulator. I thought it just looked like their apartment, you know, like totally clean lines and uh, nothing really going on. I, I think that's actually right. We had Ben on Max Stories Weekly a few weeks back and they sent us photos of their desk setup and it, 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 it was all like super minimalistic and white. And Maybe yeah. the simulator is styled on Ben's apartment. That's where they got the inspiration. It's a great aesthetic. So, yeah. So we talked about some of the, the different ways that apps can take shape in Vision OS, but there's also a compatibility story here where developers can have their iPad app up and running. Has that been easy to do? Yeah, I mean, that that's literally zero effort. You just build your app as normal and you can, you know, run it in the Vision Pro simulator exactly like... As you would choose between running it on a, an iPhone, any of the models, or an iPad, or whatever. So it's just another entry that appears there. There are some interesting restrictions that, that you see from that. Like, everything runs light mode only, and I don't know if there's a way to override that. Um, it's for fixed window size, and there's like uh, a little rotate control above the top if you're, you you support rotation. Um, if you have a an a if you have an iPad app that does AR stuff currently, as far as I can tell, that hmm. will not work. Um, like generally, um, and you can run iPhone apps as well. Interesting. I don't think they talked about that. I wonder if that'll be available. I guess in the App Store for Vision OS, or maybe it'll be like in the Mac App Stores. Like, yes, this technically can run, but it's it's downplayed. There's like a 2x, 4x, and 70x button, you know, like it just gets like bigger and bigger. <laughs> I mean, they, they stick the the uh, iPad or iOS apps in a little sort of compatible apps folder automatically. So, you know, everything has a, has the circular icon and then you see the, the sort of, you know, cursed uh, <laughs> old apps. So, James, is there a way for you to explain to three shall I say, non-developer types like us, how complex, like how much work it is to get like one of your existing apps to run as a native Vision OS app instead of like the iPad compatibility mode. Like how does that work and how much work is that for you? I'll, I'll try and I'll take the slow for you. Thank you. I mean, it really depends on how modern your code is and what technologies you're using. How modern is your code? Uh, my code <laughs> is... <laughs> I, yeah, so Dice and PCalc are both traditional UIKit apps, and PCalc has been around for, what are we at, 15 years or something like that? So I got both of them building and running in under an hour, I would say. Uh, pretty much everything works. It just looks really bad. You know, the spacing of controls is all over the place. Um, some things just feel like they don't make sense on, on Vision OS, like popovers particularly. So I think there's a UI cleanup needed there at a minimum. And th there's, there's some stuff in terms of the APIs that aren't there that's kind of obvious. It doesn't make sense with the Vision Pro. So there's like a common thing you might do is to get the size of the screen so you know if you're laying stuff out. And it's like, well, you can't get that. Um, or the orientation of the device, like if it's an iPad that's horizontal or vertical. So the majority of the work I needed to do was basically to patch that stuff out and anywhere in the code where I was accessing things like that, just lie to the app and say, yeah, it's this. Um, and 
doing that. Is that because the windows are so much more resizable? Like the the Apple basically wants you to just like flow. It's not so much that because you can get the size of the window that exists. But there was a, there was also like a, a a device object which you could query and you could ask it things about kind of like the hardware you were running on. Uh, that is just something you can't do. You can find out the size of the window. Okay. okay. If you are if your app is written in Swift UI, then things are in theory going to be easier for you because the UI in those apps, it's less precisely defined in terms of how it looks, you kind of just say, you know, I want this list of controls or whatever, and the system does it. So in theory, that's going to adapt better to the host platform. And the other thing that they said was, if your code is basically up to date with sort of like iOS 14 era APIs, everything should be there and it should mostly just work. Two of the things they explicitly called out as not being supported were storyboards and sprite kit. Storyboards are a way of laying out your user interface and sprite kit is just a 2D... um, 2D graphic stuff. And they said they're not supported, except they seem to work. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure about that because I've got both storyboards and sprite kit in dice. It, it worked. I feel like that they're, they're two different things, right? Like not supported and works. Like that. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. There's a lot of stuff that is supported for now, like UI kit. Yes. Um, like it almost feels like they're immediately saying this is deprecated, like with version one. <laughs> they are literally saying that. Like there okay. are warnings, like hundreds of warnings saying, I mean, why are you doing that? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know that, that's, that, and then you get that a hundred times and the message is pretty clear. So you need to use SwiftUI to access a lot of the functionality, notably any of the true 3D content. So Apple's got this older 3D engine scene kit and you can't... You can use it, but you can't display any 3D content that's got depth. So uh, everything runs okay, but it'll just look like a completely flat screen, whatever. And that's the 3D engine that I use for Dice, uh, Peacock's About Screen, Podcastatron, all this stuff. So yeah, I need to redo all that. Did actually, like, I have a, a reality kit mode that's in Dice where I was, like, experimenting with stuff. So I think I can do most things. But, yeah, we're not going to get a 3D screensaver by um, September. I apologize. Do you really need a screensaver? Because it's just for your eyes, really. Yeah, but can you imagine being inside that screensaver and how that would feel? Especially the tube one. The tube one would be upsetting. Is closing your eyes... Like a screensaver for your eyes? Screensaver for your brain. It's almost like the sleep mode that computers have. And sometimes when you close your eyes, you can still see things. You know, the thoughts are really the screensavers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I know this is this is a this is a comment not needed to be said, but I said it anyway. It it's almost like Apple have been saying use Swift UI for a reason. You know, like th- these are the reasons they want people to use this technology i am genuinely surprised that they supported ui kit and brought over you know things like scene kit even if they're not rendering in 3d they're still there um and i imagine that all this is there so that they can get things like microsoft office on board who presumably are not going to rewrite their entire app into swift ui overnight so i i on the one hand i see why they did it is pragmatic and it makes sense and they actually support a lot more stuff than I thought they would, you know, like, so you get, um, 
with the windows, you get these things called ornaments, which are kind of like little toolbars that float outside the content of the window. And you can do all that stuff in UIKit as well. So, you know, th there is stuff there, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't draw the line in the sand and say, this is Swift UI only. We've been saying this for years. You should have listened to us. How much work is ahead of you from the point where you are now? We'll use Dice. As, I think Dice is the easiest example, right, of like a an app that I think fits for this neatly. Mm. I have no doubt you will find some way to make PCalc work amazingly on the Vision Pro, but I'm assuming most of our listeners would be able to perceive, perceive Dice by PCalc in uh, Vision OS. How much work is ahead of you from now, the iPad app, to what you would want to, say, build a Dice tray in a volume that Dice could fly around inside of? I mean, I, realistically, there's as much work as I want to do and as much as I'm able to do. Uh, and also, kind of is going to depend if I get a developer kit. Um, you know, if, if I don't get a developer kit, I'm not sure how well I can do some of this stuff. That's not a threat, Apple, you know, like... Or is it? For Dice, th there are different ways that I could I could bring it across. And, like, the simple one is, like, literally pull what is there and have the scene kit flat 2D thing, and it would probably work. And people, you know, it would be, in quotes, a Vision OS app, but is it the kind of thing that people actually want? Uh it's certainly not the kind of thing that would get featured by Apple. I guess it depends on how many apps there are. Maybe they'll be featuring iPad apps. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're shipping some iPad apps, and some of the, the system apps on the thing are iPad apps. But both of my apps are running, but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily running well. You know, the, the, there's, the, there's the spacing issues and there's stuff clipping, and, you know, I would need to do some thinking about how best to adapt them to the platform. But what I was thinking of is, in some ways, it's like bringing an iPad app to the Mac using Catalyst. You know, you can just click a checkbox and there's an app, but don't do that. You know, there is a lot of extra work you should do. In, in it. And for this, I think it's a lot more extra work to kind of like think, reimagine your app for how it was going to work on a system like this. People are going to have some wacky ideas or best practices will evolve and sort of emerge over time. And I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Like even if there's not a lot of apps at the beginning where they end up six months or a year down the road is, is also exciting. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to get, see a lot of Apple's apps coming over in a pretty flat state, maybe with some like 3d stuff added to them. Um, I mean, it, they have added some stuff that is like, the way you would display an image currently in an app, you know, you just here's, load the image named foo and display it in this space. You can do that with a piece of 3D content um, and it will float above the, the window. So it, th there are some things that you could easily do to, to make the apps sort of pop a bit more. Um, but I, I think, yeah, the, the completely reimagined stuff. Um, I mean, for a start, I don't know if that's what you want. I mean, do you want to sit in you know, like logic or final cut in a fully immersive space with everything around you? Or are you going to be using this like a sort of desktop computer environment where you're looking around at your windows and stuff? I think the answer to that, to that question is depends. The, the, the example you gave, which is logic, no, I, I don't want to do that. But there are other apps where the answer would 
would be yes, right? But it, I think it's up to each developer to to decide if they have the what what kind of app they have and whether it can can work, right? Like my, I would assume really that the best thing for Peacock is to just be more regular app, right? Like a window app. Like that's going to be how people will want to use it, but Dice will be best as served as a volume most likely. So I think it's just how will it feel? Yeah, I mean, I think you could run Dice pretty much in three modes. You could have it as like a like a little portal window that you're looking into this uh, your your Dice tray, and it, and it is still from a like a different camera angles or whatever. Or you could have it as a physical tray sitting on your desk, or you could have it you're rolling your dice and they're falling off your table kind of mode and you can swish them around with your hands. And, you know, that's kind of three apps to write. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be busy. those would be fully appropriate. Well, like, if you put something into, like, if you put PCALC in as a volume that you could put on your desk, that's cute, but not necessarily, like, appropriate. That seems like sort of Easter egg level that seems of... like something james would do right but you know it, what i mean but like it, it go back to that question that you asked of like with a what app you know do you really want an app to be all around you it, it depends some apps will just naturally fit more than others for each type of experience and that's what's going to take the time you know a minute ago Stephen, you mentioned conventions i wanted to just say this before i forgot one thing i really hope is that there's some kind of naming convention like how when ipad apps are all called hd I really hope <laughs> that like developers settle on like this is PCALC something, you know, and like that's what everybody calls their their vision apps. That'd be fun. I'd like that. Uh, PCALC reality, PCALC. I don't know because it, it may because AR or VR won't necessarily work. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if people put VR in their titles. Apple might have a it's, bit of a. It's a shame the uh, XR name went away because we could just slap that on there. I don't know if it is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that they didn't call it XR anything. Dice by Peacock, Peacock XR. Uh, what about Verse? You know, we could have Peacock Verse. Peacock 3D. Everything is going to be called 3D. You know what, Federico? That's it. 3D is the one. Instapaper 3D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just... It's like a huge broadsheet newspaper. You just like <laughs> big motions to turn the pages, you know? I'll show you page, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think we're going to see more of the, the kind of like just traditional 2D apps at the start because yeah. that's going to be the stuff that people will be able to get done for like day one. And then it's going to be over the over the the years, I think we will we'll see things. And, and also, I don't know if it's like on day one, should I have, uh, do I spend the, my summer doing things like interactive widgets and whatever for, for the literal billions of of customers who are going to have devices do i spend my entire summer making a thing that pretty much only developers and the press will have i mean i guess that's the beauty of uh early next year <laughs> there is a little bit of a, a gap even though we don't know what it is yeah but early next year could be january 1st or it could be you know, like because, May. Uh, yeah i do think we'll see much more about that i mean i, I assume this is going to stay i assume this is going to share the stage with the iPhone in the fall, and maybe they have a a better date when we get there. I, I, I would agree with you, unless that date is like April. Maybe. Then they probably won't show it, right? Because then it would be just as useless as the last time they showed it. 
I could see them doing something if they had more like entertainment stuff that they want to focus on. Like, you know, here's No Man's Sky and here's, you know, Beat Saber. I just can't imagine them having an event and not like not being able to restrain themselves and talk about it again. That's true. That is true. Like, hey, here's an update on what some of our developed, right? Like, it could just be that, right? It could be that for sure. Yeah. And and just like, just don't forget about this. It's coming next year, but we're like so excited. We just couldn't restrict, we couldn't like restrain ourselves from showing you a bit more. You know, like I would say like for, for you, James, probably like if you were, you know, if you want any of our advice would be, would be to focus on the stuff for the platforms that you already support first, right? Like that, there's only going to be so many of these things sold. And I think, you know, if if you weren't com- confident that you could get like a volume or a space built, like I don't, it's maybe not worth it. Because I, I think that there is an initial gold rush for this device. If somebody builds like a volume or a space and just charges for it, like, you know, they build an app that's in one, because it will be like the original iPhone. It will be like the original iPad where people that buy that device will buy like any app they can that will be f- interesting to use. So like I do think that there is a there is an opportunity, but it's not worth prioritizing over your like the realistic useful things that are in the next operating systems. Yeah, and and I think it's I mean like I if I spent my entire summer, I could probably have something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like I will work on interactive widgets until such time as I'm not allowed to. And in dice, though, right? We're not going to do an interactive widget for Peacock. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? Because why would you waste your time, right, James? Hmm. Who can say? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think yeah, the interactive widgets for many apps uh, is kind of like the first thing I'll do, and then seeing where I get from that, it's like, and also like, uh, if the kitchens are next month, you know, that there's a certain amount of wanting to have your code in a state where you can go down to a kitchen. And actually run it on a device. Can, can I can I give a, a, a an editor's note for kitchen? Is a very is a it's an old phrase. What are they called now? They're actually called um, they're like the developer sessions. Kitchen is what they used to be called, right? Like that. Yeah, is a, I, you know, I am a very old school developer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we don't talk about the the beer bash at WWDC anymore. Indeed. Also, uh, just because there are kitchens in the Vision OS. Right, there's an actual kitchen inside of Vision OS, which makes it more complicated. Yeah, well, this is true. If you get an invite to the kitchen, yeah, there could be. A... <laughs> Maybe you left an app in there, you know. If your device runs hot, stay out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, whatever the events are called, you know, I, they Developer seem to be coming. Labs. They seem to be coming sooner rather than later, and maybe we'll hear about the the developer hardware. Uh, next month and you know if they sent me one uh send me one like it's going to be free um you know if i got one then of course i'm going to play with it it's going to be fascinating to see what the operating system is like that arrives on those developer units i think held together with duct tape and good wishes i just wonder like how much of the operating system is available to you you know that that would be really interesting. I mean, there's quite a bit in the um, in the simulator itself. You know, there's like you know control center and and other apps. So I think it would be of benefit to to have a unit which has a lot of the features that were available to the people that had the 
the the press sessions because I think it will help inspire people a little bit as to what they should build. You you want like with any of these things, you look at Apple's first party apps and they are kind of like they set the tone for what the interface is going to be for this thing. So yeah, I, I think it would make total sense. Well, James, thank you for joining us today. Uh, really excited to see what you come up with. I mean, when, I think all three of us, when we saw this device, we instantly thought of you. You worked so hard to be on all these platforms on day one. Fingers crossed that you get some time in the uh, in the developer labs and uh, hardware and all that stuff. If nothing else, I'll have the screensaver ready. Perfect. Where can people find you online, James? Um, I'm James Thompson on Mastodon.social. That's Thompson without a P. And peekout.com is where all my apps live. And you might find me on Twitter, but I'm not really there. I think that does it for this week's episode. A big thank you to James again for joining us. Talk all about Vision OS. I'm sure there'll be many more conversations in the future. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM, and he is the co-founder of Cortex Brand. You can find him on Mastodon as imike at mike.social. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net and is also on Mastodon as Vitici uh, at MacStories.net over on the Don. On the Don, as the kids say. On the Don. Don. You can find me on Mac Power Users each and every Sunday here on Relay FM. Am I writing at 512pixels.net? And I am also on Mastodon as ISMH at eworld.social. I don't think our sponsors this week, they're Clean My Mac X, Sofa, and Notion. Until next week, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.